You're listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their second wind. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. This is going to be an absolutely fabulous show today. And so I'm always happy when I can bring that to you and and you really benefit. Last week, I had the wonderful occasion to go to Santa Fe. Now, I hadn't been out of my house a long time because of all that's going on today. But I know that one of the things when I get really cranky and upset and frustrated with life is that I need to make a trip. Now, this trip also took me to friends and other support units. So anyway, one of the things that I one of the reasons I know that is because I know the values that bring joy and happiness to my life. So when I'm out of alignment with my value of what I think is important and what really feels feeds my soul, then I get cranky or life is just tough. So anyway, this is a great opportunity for you to, if you have not listened to the podcast of Value You, then I think you might want to go back and listen to it because I have an awesome, short, easy, quick way to solve your out-of-alignment moments with a course that will be coming up in September. So this is a great opportunity. Go and listen to it. Or you can go to JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. And there you will find an opportunity to get my five easy action steps to stop feeling stuck in your life. So a couple of options for you there so that you can uh, get a handle on where you want to be in your life and have a fuller, richer relationships and life itself. So. Moving into this, I can't wait. I am so excited about telling you about Stasha. <laughs> I'm just having a great time here. Now, Stasha and I have had some uh, opportunities. I, I, she is a coach of mine, and I just have learned so much from her. It's so actually, we were just talking yesterday. But let me tell you some more about Stasha Washburn. Now, Stasha is the period coach. Now, we were not talking about my period yesterday. We were talking about my business. (laughs) Just for that. Just for that clarity. But anyway, the period coach. And that is the bloody kind, not the grammar kind. So we get that all clear. She is just a few of her qualities. She is a dancer, a chef, a sword fighter a Tai Chi practicer, a speaker, author, skateboarder, football-loving, digital nomad, to mention a few things. She's got gorgeous red hair. I wish we could show it to you today as well. But basically, you cannot pin this woman down. She is all over the place very focused on her life and her business and her mission, which is the period coach. She goes anywhere 
as long as there is tea kettle and Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) She is a a certified holistic health coach and 20 plus years of research with fuel, which has fueled her passion for the revolution to end the taboo of menstruation worldwide. Menstruation. I did say that right, didn't I? <laughs> no longer whispers in the bathroom is for, for her. She's out to tarry, carry this strong message to the women of the world in discussing something we used to whisper in the bathrooms about. So... My friend, thank you for coming and for sharing this very important conversation with us today, Stasha. Thank you for having me. I'm super looking forward to this. Ooh. All right. So you've taken on a big hush-hush topic here. It's one that's hush-hush. I don't know why, since so many women struggle with their menstrual cycles. They don't understand what's happening. You know, if it's like me, I got a book that was explaining some of that to me, and that's all I got. So, you know, it's a difficult, even a difficult topic for my generation's moms to actually talk about with their daughters. Hopefully, we're, we're improving that now. So... Tell me why you decided to take this on. I mean, we've all experienced it, but something must have uh, happened that, you know, prompted you to keep, to put your passion into it. Yeah. I mean, I had really horrible periods and kind of right out of the gate as a teenager, it was just pretty much bad from the beginning. And I don't just mean like uncomfortable. I mean, I would actually pass out. Like oh. just standing in the hallway in high school, and the next thing I know, I'm on the ground, or I'm in the nurse's office. I was in English class one time, woke up in the nurse's office, like really, really bad. I just yeah. knocked me out cold, and then the pain. I would spend three days just throwing up from the pain. And, it, you know, I tell people, imagine that you had food poisoning, and then multiply it for three days straight. And that's what having my period every month felt like, so... It was not a pleasant experience. And, you know, the doctors, I had a very good doctor. I mean, she really tried her best. We were on, I was on all kinds of different medications and drugs and birth control pills, experimental things. I mean, we'd run out of, of, of regular things to try and even moved into some experimental things to try. And, uh, yeah, nothing really even made a dent in it. I, I mean, I was prescribed narcotics in high school, and honestly, all they did was make me sleep and dream about the pain instead of being, I guess, conscious and having the pain, oh, wow. which I'm going to say is not really any better. So it was just terrible, and I just kept thinking, this can't be normal. Like, this can't yeah. be okay. This can't, And it can't be so rare that I'm the only one that's going through this, and I've just mystified medical people from time, you know, immortal. Like I just, I just Mm -hmm. kept thinking there's no way that I'm a medical mystery and this is, or that this is normal. And those are kind of the only two uh, answers that, well, you know, everyone has uncomfortable periods. That's normal. And oh, wow. We just don't know what to do with this. It's just, it's just too much. So I just kept thinking this can't be normal. This can't be normal. And I spent 
basically 20 years trying to figure out what was wrong with me, what could be better, what could mm-hmm. be fixed, what I could do. Um, and I, you know, now we're talking about like the nineties and the early two thousands and I was diving into things like Ayurvedic, um, Deepak Chopra had just come out with his first book, um, on Ayurveda and Uh you know, that kind of stuff. And so I had grabbed that. I had started reading about Chinese medicine. I mean, I really was reaching for any help anywhere. I started looking at crazy, I think macrobiotic diet was mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. one that really had kind of come out in, in the, well, it come out earlier, I think in the seventies, but, um, you know, anyway, I was just trying, I tried being vegan. I tried everything. You named it. <laughs> I tried it. I've done it all. You name an herb. Yeah. I've tried that herb. You name a diet. I've tried that diet. You name, yeah. I tried everything. So, but in all that research, I found out that 80 to 90% of women will have a hormonal imbalance at some point in their life and it will affect their lives in some way. So, you know, whether it's mood swings or bloating or, or sleeplessness, whatever it is, but it's, it's a level of hormonal disruption that makes some kind of impact on their lives. And I thought, what? 90% (laughs) of women are going to go through some form of hell at some point because of their hormones. And it's just quote unquote normal. Right. I just so, I can't live with that. So that's really what started it. I just, I refuse to believe or accept that. <laughs> yeah. Well, did your doctor just eventually say, I'm sorry, this is it. This is all I can do for you and just release you? Well, no. Um, you know, in those days you had health insurance until you turned 18 or if you were in college, I think you could keep it until you were out of college. And I graduated at college at 20. So uh. I basically just aged out of health insurance. And then I didn't have health insurance again until Obama created the ACA and California adopted it. And I was able to get health insurance then. So I just didn't have health insurance for like 20 years, basically. So the, I mean, so the doctor that you would go to is the gynecologist or what is the professional title? Well, I started with a pediatrics because I was under the age of 18. So I started Uh, out with my like regular doctor, my pediatric doctor, who then, you know, referred me to a gynecologist. And then uh I went to her, I went to a bunch of specialists um, and I just kept going back to her because she was my primary, you know, doctor at that point. Um, And like I said, she was great. I mean, at one point she was like, well, you know, I think I'm going to prescribe you to be eating, cooking and cast iron. You need more iron and it's one thing that we can fix. So we're going to start with, you know, we're going to try that. So, I mean, she really, she tried everything and I mean everything. God bless her. She tried everything that I know. I, I know it was a challenge and I know she tried, but you know, there's just no answers. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I, is this really of course, I don't know how you didn't find out because women don't really talk a lot about this between ourselves, uh, unless you're just really good friends. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a hush hush, isn't it? We it just is. don't even acknowledge that it, it's part of the life. You yeah, know, I didn't I mean, have much of a choice. Like, I mean, I would collapse in the middle of class, and someone would yeah. go, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> 
And at first I said, oh, I must have just gotten my period. And then I got enough people going, oh, my God, that's disgusting. TMI, we don't need to hear about that, that I started lying. I mean, I was the one on the floor, unconscious, hemorrhaging blood in pain. But I had to protect their gentle feelings and start lying about it. Yeah. That, I, that, I'll tell you what, probably pissed me off the most. <laughs> right. Yes. With your spirit, oh, my gosh, for sure. Yeah. And do you think really having something so challenging as those periods gave you this, this, this desire that you have to go and do and experience so much of life? Isn't that interesting? I mean, you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's a partly, I've always been an avid learner. I mean, even as a little kid, I was an avid learner. So I I think that's part of it. And I think the other thing is that I ended up just looking in every nook and cranny, trying to figure out how to fix myself that I really ended up researching so many varieties of things. I found so many things that were so very interesting and I saw how everything really related to each other and doing the menstrual research, especially I realized how much our reproductive hormones affect every aspect of our health and well-being. So it's not like, Oh, you've got cramps. That's too bad. Well, that means you're inflamed, which probably means you're having digestive issues, which probably means that you're having sleep issues, which probably means you're not feeling as happy as you should be because You know, everything is related and it really, I kept coming back to the fact that actually your period is your best health diagnostic tool that you can have because in general, the first thing that's going to stop working properly is your reproductive hormones. They're really the least essential to your survival. Mm-hmm. So if your period is a little bit haywire, then that's, the very first sign that there's something wrong in your body and it needs to be fixed. And if you don't, eventually things will go even more off. Like my thyroid stopped functioning. Well, you know, because I had such a, you know, such a horrible menstrual cycle, it's just deteriorated more and my thyroid stopped working and my adrenal stopped functioning as well. And I just went more and more into this deep fatigue that was really just started ruling my life. And I, that was when the brain fog and just feeling dumb. And for a smart kid, that was really painful, you know, just not only being tired, but also emotionally not being able to access my brain made me nuts. So that's when I really realized, like, if you have a small, you know, if there's something going on with your period, attend to it because the next steps, get uglier and uglier and uglier as they go. So really having a healthy, good period is an excellent sign that by and large, you're doing all right. <laughs> right. Well, where did we go into the sh- almost the shame of having a period? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like we're not, we don't talk about it because it's shameful. Does that come from the Bible? Well, where does that I come do- from? Yeah, I mean, I do think that, at least for Western societies, I mean, uh, we infiltrated everywhere in the world for the most part. But you see that before um, the patriarchal religions really took hold, so the religions that believe in one male God, 
before mm-hmm. they took hold, there was a lot of uh, solidarity amongst women. There were red tents and moon lodges, and they weren't banishment like they've been turned into in some cultures as banishment. They were actually a place of rest and relaxation that women went to have their menstruation. And Mm -hmm. in fact, some of those were, uh, they were done because women would come back with messages for the village. They would be in community together, you know, um, transcendental time. Like, you know, they, you know, you could bleed for five days and not die. What kind of crazy mm-hmm. magic is this? Mm-hmm. You must have some kind of connection with the greater spirits or the greater gods or the earth or whatever that belief system was, but you must have yeah. some connection, right? So a lot of the communities held that women went through this time and would come back with brilliant, you know, ideas and breakthroughs and ways of helping the community and, and improving mm. So a lot of villages revered when women went through this time and came back with with ideas. And now we know that the menstrual system is tied to how our brain functions, how our gut functions, all of these different things. So we actually do have quite a lot of brilliant breakthroughs during this time if we can make the space and give ourselves that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we started off with it being a really powerful connective time. And then, yes, you're very, you're very right in that guess. We went through the restructuring of those patriarchal religions. And one of the things mm-hmm. that they had to do was make that idea of women having a special thing that was really just for them and, and turn that into something negative and, and less than. So it was very easy to say, actually, that makes you weaker. That makes you less than that makes you somebody we need to control and treat like a child. You need things Mm -hmm. explained to you. You're dumber, you're softer, you're weaker, you're less than. And through the we maintained there were still midwives there were still women working in this there were still healers and um you know women were still considered healers they were con- still considered you know um interesting in that way helpful you know dynamic a really integral part of the communities and during the 1300s and 1400s is when we really started the witch hunts mm-hmm. and that that is, I think, one of the biggest markers in our history because that the witch hunts, the instructions for those were to seek out midwives because they were the worst of them all. Mm-hmm. And the witch hunts were directed towards women. All of the language, they were using Latin at the time, and all of the language was in the feminine. So which was the feminine? They could have used the the, you know, as they say, man as the... Mm-hmm non-gendered they could have used the masculine words and said it was non-gendered but they didn't they chose specifically to use the feminine meaning very specifically woman mm-hmm. so all of that was set up and there's a lot of controversy in the world of what you know how many women were tortured and, and murdered and and died during this but if you even take the average of the, you know, conservative numbers and the more mm-hmm. uh, liberal numbers, I guess you could say, even if you take the average, you're looking at multiple millions of women who were murdered over the course of a few hundred years. 
So wow. we're talking multiple generations of women who anyone who had any kind of knowledge around menstrual cycles, birthing, fertility, um, healthy childbirth, healthy aftercare for mom and child, all of that stuff were specifically targeted for torture and murder. And it wasn't just mm. like, don't do this anymore. It was, I'm going to put you And the instructions were to torture a woman for a year and a day. And if she hadn't given up all of the names, if she had given up all of the names, no matter mm. what the outcome was, the goal was to keep her alive barely mm. for a year and a day and then have her publicly executed. And then the Ugh. church got all your stuff. So mm -hmm. there's entire villages that were wiped out and given to the church in, in these witch hunts. And then, of course, we took that not just in Europe, but we took that worldwide and did the same thing in Africa and did the same thing in the United States and did the same thing. You know, we really mm. took it worldwide. So right. it still happens yeah. to this day. It was, you know, when I was writing my book, there was a woman who was an 80 year old grandma who was axed to death in 2018, I believe it was. <gasps> In front of her what? entire family for being a witch, and her whole family had to flee because they were next. So, and what country was that? Ah, oh, that was in I want to say Northern Africa. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, you know it mm. still happens to this day, mm -hmm. and it's not just you know I don't want to give the impression that it's something that only happens in Africa. It still happens right. in many other countries. It's just that was the one that was I mean just. I mean, I was shocked and horrified yeah. and, afraid and raged and, you know, I had all yeah. of the emotions. And, so I was yeah. thinking, you know, I was thinking that when we were more connected to nature mm -hmm. as a human source, yeah. that we were, were more in alignment with the process of life. In other words, we knew this was an important part of life Absolutely. that gave us life. So I was kind of hoping that was going to go on through the generations. But as we we know too well, we get kind of wonky as generations change and leadership changes and ideas change. And so I'm really interested in knowing, have we bounced out? Are we living in a better period for women? I mean, just the fact that you feel so committed to this calling to broaden and, ex and share with everybody about the period process through your coaching. Um, I'm hoping that we're in a better period now. Is that correct? I definitely think we're on the upswing. I think it's going to take several more generations for this mm -hmm. to really get into the normalcy and how, you know, and the taboo and have every kid understanding and, and just a normal part of life. And, right. you know, here's what you do to fix this problem. And, you know, like, oh, mom, do you need a massage? You know, just to make it an easy, acceptable, like everyone understands, oh, do we need to eat some more, you know, beets today? Like, yeah, just to have those like easy things, it's going to take a few generations. But when it definitely started because I, the women that I've worked with have talked to their kids. Their kids are growing up with it totally normalized and completely understanding and accepting and so these kids, I think, are going to be the ones that really take this work into the next 
generation, oh, you know, I after like I can't do this work anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you, I know you referred to your book, which I'm so excited that and it, your book is out, right? Mm-hmm. And in the name of your book is? The Revolution Will Be Bloody. And did, is it for, is it a learning tool for teenagers, for mothers, for, what is the, what was your intent with writing this book? My, Who is the reader? Yeah, my intent was for the women who are ready to really get into this. So there's a bit of, it was really written for the brave for the the stubborn that I refuse to accept this is okay and normal yeah. I you know like yeah. I really I wrote it for the ones who are ready to like pick up the light and take uh-huh. it and spread it and you know I didn't necessarily intend for it to be for teens there's some <clears throat> vulgar language used in there oh no um, Stasha <laughs> but I know all of the moms so far that have gotten it have been like oh are you kidding me this is absolutely not going to phase my kids I'm giving it to them so right yes that's true that's yeah true. <laughs> so I've, I've definitely, it's gone across. And I also know women who are in menopause who picked it up because they just wanted to learn and discover. So I, it's the age range don't, doesn't really matter. It's really just for those that are ready to just jump in and learn. Well, I just think you need to write a beginning, a, a, a book, just simply explaining the, the process and the joy of having a period and how important yeah. it is. That's next Next. That's kind That's of the, the middle book. of the book. The middle of the yeah. book is really oh. the, it's the, how your period works. Here's the superpowers in it. This is the benefits of it. This is why it's awesome and kick ass and you should really embrace it because it's great. That's the middle of the book. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> that so we might have to take to and make it another book itself. <laughs> I know I'm seeing one of those children's books because uh, we did talk a little bit about it and we'll talk about it after we come back from the break, but the period ages are changing too. So, you know, it's going much younger and that is a topic in itself that we'll get to. But, um, yeah, I could see that actually it might be kind of difficult because the periods do start. You even mentioned nine, ten, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, a different they, uh, a book would require a different type of approach. Yeah, I think absolutely. for a younger girl. So, anyway, but we do want to talk about that. But uh, is it do the are the schools even allowed to talk about that, or is that still? A nurse conversation. Yeah, it depends on where you are. Some schools do, and and some schools don't. And some schools don't talk about it at all. And some schools have great education. So it honestly just depends on where you are and and the structure of your school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I know um, we we had a subject that uh, I – adopted both of my children and we couldn't even go into the schools and talk about adoption. So, you know, that was like taboo as well. So (laughs) anyway, we got a lot of these taboo topics we can't have in our schools, even though that's where they should be learned. 
That's right. So we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, you're going to continue hearing this fabulous lady talk about her dream, her passion, and how she is carrying it forward for the benefit of us women. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's merging Did you hear about the catfish that fell from the sky and hit a woman on the head? I'm not joking. Lisa Labrie was walking in a Cleveland park when she heard a rustling in the trees above her. When she looked up to see what was going on, a five-pound catfish fell from the tree and hit her smack in the middle of her face. I know, this sounds fishy, but witnesses saw a bird, possibly a hawk or an eagle, flying away. The bird had apparently dropped the foot-long catfish more than 50 feet through the trees before hitting Labrie. What's another word for the study of fish? Ichthyology. Lisa Labrie said although she used to do a lot of fishing or doodle socking while growing up in Colorado, I don't think she's ever caught a catfish with her face before. What's another name for a fisherman? A pizzacapturist. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking today, as you know, to Stasha Washburn, and she is the period coach. And we're talking about the monthly visit from the gods where we have our our period. So, Stasha, from the conversation that we've had in the previous time, our 30 minutes, uh, I want to know, have we really improved? Have we really made the circles so that we are supporting our young women as they come into this monthly visit with their bodies? Is that really being uh, addressed better than it has over the last few years? There's definitely more resources than there used to be. You know, there are some good books for kids like we were chatting about there. There are some younger, you know, skewed for the younger kids. Um, There's more, uh, more and more books on periods coming out, you know, when I was doing this, there was kind of nothing except for, um, the book that, uh, Dr. Christian Northrup wrote 
And yes. that, that was kind of it from really? from the seventies, I believe, is when she published. Mm-hmm. So we just there was really nothing that was very helpful out there. And now there's far more books, and you can really start diving into ways to fix things and and get things more on track. So if you want to learn, there are resources out there that didn't exist before. So I feel like that's a really good start and it really, it will help us lay those foundations so that people can start learning. And then you know, the kids that are growing up in households where mom just refuses to let this be a secret, shameful taboo, yeah. those kids don't have any questions when it comes to puberty because they've learned it all already. They just grew up with it, knowing that this is what happens and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And these are things that mean it's healthy. And these are things that mean we got to go talk about making some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I... Yeah, dear. As the generations pass down, unfortunately, I think sometimes that inability to talk with your daughters about the transition mm-hmm. is very likely not to happen healthfully. Health, healthfully. <laughs> That's a new word for you. I like but, <laughs> you know, I'm not even sure I did a very good job with my daughter, and I hate to say that on on air. I'd well, but how to... could you? You didn't have right. any information. There was nothing that you could have told her that would have that would have helped because there was no information. Like right. that's the thing. We can't blame our previous generations. It didn't mm-hmm. exist. And in fact, you know, if if you look at epigenetics and you look at trauma that's passed down generation, we spent multiple generations being actually physically tortured for even thinking about this stuff or having even the idea of helping each other out. So we have a, a instinct in us to come together as women because that's Mm -hmm. in our, our evolution. But we also have this conflicting instinct to stay away because it's unsafe to have those conversations. So we have a real dueling, um, evolution that had happened with this trauma on top of Mm -hmm. it. So we didn't have any information. It was dangerous to talk about for multiple generations, even into the recent years and and even into today, depending on where you are in the world. So, <laughs> you know, really, like, wh- what were you going to say? How were you going to help? There was nothing that you could have done. There was nothing that you knew. There was nothing that our moms knew. I mean, my mom, God bless her, would talk about anything with me. And she looked <laughs> at me and went, I don't know what to tell you. I can't help with this. I don't have mm-hmm. any information. So right. she stood there at every doctor's appointment with me and did her best, but she didn't have any. I can't be mad at her. She didn't know. So we, right. we got to like, we got to let go of all the blame. We got to let go of all the shame. We got to let go of all of that and just go, okay, so how do we move forward powerfully from here? Because yeah. that's the only thing we can do. So if there is a listener out there that is experiencing some of the frustration that you went through, um, where would you suggest they start? If they've gone, I mean, the local thing would be go to your pediatrician or for the younger ones, but then moving on to the gynecologist, we're in where do you, what do you do when the door closes? They just go, well, we've done everything we can. 
Well, most, okay, so first of all, legal disclaimer, always talk to your doctor first. Oh, yes, 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 of um, course, and we would. But your doctor probably doesn't have any real helpful answers. Their only options are to give you birth control, which puts your body into a state of menopause, shrinks the ovaries, can cause damage to the gut lining, your emotional and mental health. There's a lot of, of serious downsides to birth control. Oh. Um. And it's not a hormonal replacement. It actually shuts your hormones off, which is a misconception that the vast majority of us has. It doesn't regulate. It doesn't balance. It actually just turns your hormones off. So oh. that, oh. that or surgery are the only two options that doctors are, by and large, equipped to give you. Now, not to say that there aren't gems out there that know more and are better, but mm-hmm. their training is that's it. So that's all they know. And again, you know, they went to school for a very long time to learn kind of nothing about this. So what are you going to do? So the actual answer is, you know, of course, talk to your doctor. But then my suggestion is get yourself into some education, read some books on the subject, you know, and if it feels, if you feel comfortable starting with a doctor, great. Start with, you know, Dr. Laura Bryden, who has an excellent series of books that can help you get some ideas of, you know, what's going on with your cycle. What are some things that you can do? And she's very, you know, and smart and intelligent. And a lot of people feel safe starting with somebody who's, you know, a, a doctor, Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also a lot of books out there like mine and other women who have written similar things that talk about what your period really is, what the phases really actually are, and what are just lifestyle and diet changes that you can make that will help alleviate a lot of those symptoms. So even for me in such an extreme, uh, no medications worked, but diet and lifestyle changes cleared it up. And I was yeah, I call it being in remission because, you know, if I do screw up and have, you know, something that's that triggers like in my diet that that will make it worse, I will have Mm -hmm. a bad period again. But as long Mm -hmm. as I stick with the, you know, keep the few things that make it bad out of my diet. Otherwise, I just eat to my heart's content. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's perfectly fine and and uh, healthy and fairly happy, period. I mean, I do take a couple of days off and rest because I do have that deep fatigue still. But otherwise, the pain is gone. There's no more throwing up. There's no more migraines. There's no more of the drama. They're passing out, any of that stuff. And if that yeah. were me, then 80% of women who have a problem from PMS to bloating to mood swings, all that stuff that's just diet lifestyle you don't need a a a drug or surgery Mm -hmm. both of which have you know serious side effects you just need to make some tweaks in the diet and usually it's honestly adding some things in more than even subtracting so really it's like there's such easy solutions to the problems it's just that we don't have even the basic education to start making those choices or try things so my recommendation is get into a community. You know, I have a free Facebook group. Get into a community of like-minded women who are looking to fix these things and have healthier and happier periods and just refuse to to accept that it's a bad, negative thing anymore and just mm-hmm. insist that there's got to be something good in here and I'm going to dig until I find it. Okay. I've, I've got two or three questions here. Okay. So in the book – 
do you talk about what you eliminated or would it change with every person? You know, I'm gluten-free, so Mm -hmm. I know gluten-free is gluten-free, you know, Mm -hmm. but do you have something that would... I do both in the book. So I definitely give you a, you know, by the time you read that book, you know more about me than anyone else in the entire world. (laughs) (laughs) I just let it all hang out. I was just as honest as I had to be because I I don't care. It's not about me. It's about helping you. And if I have to lay my whole thing on the line for people to be able to understand, I'm okay with it. Right. I definitely talked about what works for me. And, you know, I was such an extreme. Yeah, I had to go gluten-free. I had to go sugar-free. I had to go caffeine-free. Those are the three things that, like, I can have a little bit of sugar Mm -hmm. from time to time. At the end of the world, I definitely had ice cream for my birthday. I definitely have (laughs) gluten-free cookies around Christmas. Like, you know, I'm not going to say I don't have any, but I had to drastically reduce it. I can't do caffeine. Caffeine will trigger the cramps and a migraine in no time. So for me, even if I get gluten, you know, four weeks before I get my period, I'll still have a a bad period. So I know Mm. that the hard line is gluten, cannot have it, no negotiation. Mm -hmm. There's a softer line on sugar and caffeine, though, again, you know, the caffeine has a bit of a harder line than, say, the sugar. So I know that that's Mm. what works for me. But in the right. book, I talk about what are the top five one, the five, top mm-hmm. five triggers for women in general. So my suggestions are usually like, try eliminating one. See how it goes and see how you feel. What is but, one? Um, dairy is a very popular one for women that causes cows uh. um, specifically. So it usually isn't sheep or goat milk. It's usually the cow, pasteurized cow milk that does the, the worst damage to women. So... A lot of times, like with clients, I'll just say, okay, great. We're going to eliminate cow milk. That's where we're going to start. You can still have Uh cheese. You can still have dairy. You can still have yogurt. It just has to be goat or sheep. And we're going to start there. We're going to go through a month, and we're going to see what your next period looks like. And I can't tell you the amount of times that that's all it took. Really? no disruption wow. in their lives. They just went, okay, great. Well, I already have, you know, a non-dairy creamer. I'm like, I like an almond milk creamer and, yeah. you know, I'm not drinking milk. It's really, you know, just cream cheese. I have to give up and I'll just, you know, you know, so most everyone figured out, you know, with very little disruption. So, right. but even more important is adding in foods. So in the book, I give a all of these different foods for each phase of our cycle that really helps support our hormones. So even more than eliminating things, it's like mm-hmm. now you really need to focus on fiber-rich foods. So for the next week, ah. you're going to eat really fiber-rich foods and not just any fibers. We're going to talk about these ones. So it's really about adding stuff in. We're going to add in these really deep, dark, nutrient-dense foods here. And we're going to add in these detoxifying mm-hmm. foods in this phase. And so we really talk about just different foods that really help keep your hormones on track and in sync with your body. So if really, it's just more about eating stuff you already like, just probably yeah. in a different order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's great. Now, your book, where can they get a copy of your book? I have a sample for you guys. So. Hey! To take a sample, you can read the introduction and the um, the preface that gives you an idea of what this book is really going to be about and the tone and the structure of it. So you can make a really very educated decision if this is going to be right for you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so where would they get that? Can you tell so, us? So yeah, that's at the periodcoach.com slash sample revolution. Yeah. <laughs> and that's free, people. That you is can free. just go get that. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and in that I even share if you're not cycling how this book can be of benefit for you. So even if you're not cycling and you're interested, you can go take a read and decide if that actually works for you or not. And if you're like, okay, that sounds good. I still would like to know this information and I still can see how it relates to me. So, so if you mean you're not cycling, does that mean you're in menopause or, or you could have PCOS, you could have had to have a radical hysterectomy. You could Uh have had to have, you know, I know a lot of women who aren't cycling from their 20s because of, you know, early trauma or issues. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot, you know, technically birth control. You're not technically cycling. You're not getting yeah. those hormones. So there's a yeah. lot of reasons that somebody who has all of the organs intact to have a period don't have a period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that as a human being, you still don't have these cycles. And I really truly believe that menstruation is basically training wheels for menopause. And as a wise woman in menopause, living cyclically should be so deeply ingrained because if a perfect world, you would have been living cyclically with your period. Mm-hmm. You kind of just keep going. And I really, I think that as, as a structure, as a community that, Everyone lived far more cyclically than they do now. And I think that's because of the menstruation. It was very tied to the moon cycles, which was tied to the harvest, which was tied to planting. And, you know, all of like we really lived with that moon calendar. And I truly think men should be doing it, too. They're just not because there's no example of it anymore because we've made menstruation so taboo that we have to pretend it's not happening. So we can't live cyclically. Yeah. I think that all of humanity would benefit immensely if we came back to this idea of living cyclically with this moon cycle. And so, yeah. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yes. I get ranty. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I have gotten so excited because I, I we take so much of the, we're just kind of beaten down, you know? It's like we haven't, nobody's heard our voice when we've had issues in this area. And so I just take it as it is. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not asking enough questions here. <laughs> no, I think. I think you're right. I think that that's true. You know, I wouldn't be doing this if I just didn't have that voice in the back of my head going, this is not right. This is not right. This is not how it should be. This can't be how it is. You have to just not let this go. And if I wasn't such a stubborn personality, I wouldn't be here, but I just refuse to believe that this is acceptable. And I just refuse to let it go until I figured it out. And I am, and even now that I figured it out, I refuse to stop learning (laughs) and I refuse to stop educating and talking about it everywhere I possibly can. So, so what do you have that you can offer, um, a, a woman that is, is, stressing out and needing feeling she needs support do you tell us about the the period coach or how you work with women yeah so I have basically 
multiple levels. So, you know, if you want to just get a taste and start figuring stuff out, you can join the Red Circle Lady Business, which is my free Facebook group open to anyone who identifies as women who wants to learn more about periods. So it's really quite a beautiful dynamic space with lots of women who are even postmenopausal who are in there for their own curiosity or their kids. You know, there's a lot of women that join who will say, you know, I want to teach my kids far better than I learned. So there's a huge variety of people in there and you're allowed to ask questions and comment. And the, you know, our only rule is that you have to comment and talk from love and no promos or spam. <laughs> right. You have yeah. to be and- nice to each other and you can't spam us. Those are the only <laughs> rules. <laughs> so again, that say that one more time. It's Facebook group. And yeah, it's, it's called the Red Circle Lady Business. A. Yeah. And part of that is because I also work with women who are, well, I work with entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of people who have their own businesses in there that are learning to run their businesses with their cycles. So oh. I have a, I have a commute. So I do have some paid programs. The, the cheap one for everybody who I just, I love this program because it's all about just learning your cycle and learning how to live in harmony with it through your six senses. It's called flow freedom. It's low cost. It's really for anybody who just wants to learn how to incorporate their cycles and, and use them and enjoy them. Uh, and then I have your business, your flow, which is for women in business to learn how to use their cycles to their advantage in business so that they don't have to burn out and overwhelm and fight for one seat at the table, but actually <laughs> embrace them as a woman and run their business as a woman. Yeah. Um, and then I have my school, which I work with people who are coaches who want to incorporate period coaching into their businesses or even Mm. become a period coach, you know, maybe focusing on something like teens or PCOS or infertility, you know, to become the PCOS coach or to become the infertility coach or whatever your fancy. Um, But to basically train coaches to go out there and fill that gap between your doctor going, well, I don't know, I can give you pills or a surgery and you going, well, but I don't want to live in this anymore. So there's got to be somebody to fill the gap. And I'm just training as many coaches as I possibly can to get out there and fill the gap. (laughs) That is so interesting that there's so much. There really is a lot we can do. We just need to make sure it's it's known that we need, and that's, that's your purpose. Yeah. But if, that's the thing, the more people that are out there talking about it, the better for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. So your website, tell us your website. If they wanted to, I'm sure yeah. all of this is on your website. Yeah. Theperiodcoach.com. So, oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's simple. Yeah. So basically the periodcoach.com. So if you want to just go to the front page, you'll find the link to my Facebook group on there. You'll find the link to whatever free class I'm teaching next. Uh, and you'll also, if you go to slash sample revolution, that's where you'll, you can grab the free, uh, sample of my book. So it's all at the periodcoach.com. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you also said you were going to uh, offer something called the period tracking Mandela. Yeah. Uh, that, what's that about? Yeah. So one of the things that you have to start doing is just taking notice of your body on a daily basis. Cause the misconception is that you just have your period and that's your menstrual cycle and the rest of the month you're just 
whatever. You have some kind of like blanket hormone that happens. It's, it's not true. Your hormones fluctuate through each phase of your cycle. So what we do is I have this beautiful mandala that you're mm-hmm. essentially just coloring. It takes mm-hmm. about two minutes, three minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. much. Um, but you're just taking note of, you know, how was your digestion? How was your mood? How was your energy? How was your cervical fluid? Because these are the things that are going to show you where you are in your menstrual cycle. And then you start mm-hmm. learning what's going on. So I give this tool away for free and I have four years and I will for the rest of my life. Uh, it's that important to mm-hmm. women. Uh, and I, you know, I've also said like kids and men should do this too. Cause it's just good to know how your body is doing each day. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not my, my focus. My focus is menstruating people who need to need to know what's going on in their bodies. So that if you're right. menstruating, you need to know what's going on in your body. And that's what this is for. So it's okay. free. You get a couple of emails over the course of a week or two that help you, use the chart, you know, what the symbols mean, what to look for in them. And then you're also invited to join the red circle Facebook group because you can come and ask questions, you know, like, how do I use this on my chart? Or I'm confused about this or whatever. You can come and ask questions and get real help from the community and support from the community in there. So again, like I said, my goal is to just educate as many women as humanly possible. So I've got that free chart for people and I've got the free Facebook group for people that they can really use and have access to as long as they want forever. I don't care. That's what it's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now I have on your website. Is there also, if they needed to contact you, you, they could go through your website or would you, they can, or you can just email me stash at the period coach.com. Okay. Okay. Stash at the period coach.com. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Absolutely. Yes. So what is the message that you would really want to leave with the listener out there? The one that is struggling so, so and she feels so frustrated and, and alone, actually, just so isolated. The only step you have to take is come and join community. And be open-minded. Mm-hmm. And if you can at least entertain the idea that periods were not put on earth to cause you personal harm and damage, mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's the society we live in that caused that. And, mm-hmm. and the only way to change that is to jump into community, start learning what the benefits of our cycle are, mm-hmm. and make some basic changes. And you can actually be living in a very positive and connected place. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me, what I've learned today at the show, is that even though I'm past, I'm in menopause, that there are still reasons to pay attention to your cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have never thought that. Absolutely. I mean, the women that I've worked with who have been in perimenopause and in menopause, and I have had women who are in menopause that have joined my communities have all said that it was really quite fascinating. And they too felt that ebb and flow. They felt like there was more times of the month that they had more energy and times that they had less energy. And that it really did sync up with the moon cycles, 
when they started paying attention to it. And they felt so much better because they yeah. didn't feel that guilt of like, oh, I just feel like I need a nap today. I don't, uh -huh. you know, it wasn't like, I don't understand why I'm feeling a little less energetic or a little less clear or a little less focused. It was like, oh, right, because I am kind of moving into that new moon phase and I am feeling a little more introverted and a little, ah, you know what, I'm going to go take a nap and that's okay. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, but I know and I've always been honest with people like you can join. I don't know what your results will be if you're not cycling, but you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. And I've had people who've jumped in and it was just incredible to me to see that there was actual, you know, emotional relief discovered right. through the process. So I just, I loved it. It surprised me and I loved hearing it. So I, you know what? I don't exclude people. If you want to go jump in and give it a shot and see what happens, you're welcome to. <laughs> Well, there you go, my dear listener out there. We have just had the most fabulous show. I hope you've walked away with valuable information. Thank you, Sasha. It's been a pleasure having you here. And Thank I've learned a lot. Good. <laughs> so for this week, spread the word, share Sasha's information because every woman in this Earth goes through this, and we have not been heard, and it's our chance to be heard. Stasha is certainly making it possible. That's right. So take it with you. This is part of your world, and become much more aware of how special you are. Have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.